Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament passage of Ephesians. The Old Testament passage of Ephesians in Ephesians chapter number 5. The book of Ephesians in chapter number 5. Now we are still working on the tail end of this series of biblical music. Understanding what the Bible has to say. And we're now on <coughs> lesson number 8. And we've already hit on different things about worship. We've talked about the benefits of music. We understood we did a study on the Psalms. We did a study a little bit on hymns. We took some time last week on spiritual songs, dealing with the idea of the melody. And now we're going to go ahead and look at the so music of spiritual songs, dealing with the idea of a new song. <coughs> the new song. And with that, once again, we'll take our jumping off text, to the book of Ephesians chapter number 5. The book of Ephesians chapter number 5. And look with me if you don't mind. In Ephesians chapter 5. And let's start together in verse number 16. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 16. The word of God says this. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, where is an excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the, our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark and link two phrases that we find in this passage? First of all, notice in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 19, and notice the phrase spiritual songs. Spiritual songs. Then if you don't mind, I'd like for you to link up something that we find in the verse before, in verse number 18, where it deals with the idea, be filled with the Spirit. And we understand we see a correlation here of spiritual songs and being filled with the Spirit. If you don't mind, let's take some time now and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And again, we need you. And I'm asking that you would give us grace and that you would give us mercy. I'm asking that you would help us even now. Lord, I'm just asking that you would just help our spirits be right, our minds be right. Help us to have that pursuit of Jesus that we may know you. Open up this a series and this passages and the, this whole message here in a special way that we can understand a little bit more of the correlation of looking at you, following you, responding to you with our song. And fill me with your spirit now that you could get your work accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the context of what we read in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5, is being filled with the Spirit. Therefore, the idea of a spiritual song should match the context. Being filled with the Spirit is going to correlate the idea of a spiritual song. Let's explain a little bit more what we mean by this. 
the spiritual song is a song of testimony that follows being filled with God's spirit. Well, that makes sense. They're tying together. So we're again, we're trying to tie the idea, what is a spiritual song? Well, some people just leave it with the definition that it is a song of testimony. But it goes a little bit more than that. It does have the idea of our spiritual nature. What do I mean by that? Well, we know that there are three parts of music. And we've kind of covered this a couple times. But as a review... We know that music is made up of three parts. It is made up of melody, which carries the main tune of the music. It carries the truth of the music. It also has harmony. Harmony is the background music. It carries the emotion of music. And then we have the other part of rhythm. It's the beat. It moves the song forward. There are three parts to music. Well, did you know that there are also three parts to man? The Bible speaks about the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. And to the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that we as people are made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Well, let's define what those are really quickly as a review. The spirit is the candle of the Lord, and everyone is made with that candle. A candle is still a candle, whether it's lit or whether it's not lit. But when we get saved, the candle gets lit. This is what we are talking about. And with the Spirit, we are God-conscious. We understand more about God. We are also made up of soul. In our soul, we have three parts. We have will, intellect, and emotion. Our soul, we have our innermost being, who we are. And we have ill, will, intellect, and emotion. And then with our body, we have our five senses. Our five senses, taste, touch, smell, hearing, sight. We have our senses and we uh, interact with the world. Well, just like music has three parts, man has three parts, and that the correlation between the parts of music actually touch the parts of man. So we have to understand that where you place the emphasis on music is what feeds that part of man. Now, we understand that melody feeds the spirit, which is what we're placing emphasis on today, talking about the spiritual song, and as we spoke about last week, that we have to put the emphasis on the melody. The harmony feeds the emotions, the soul part of it, and we're appreciative of the harmony, but if you place too much emphasis on the harmony, you end up feeding the soul, the emotions, without feeding the spirit. And then the rhythm, when the emphasis is placed on the rhythm, it ends up feeding the body. Now, as we're talking about spiritual music, let's define a little bit more of how the spirit actually works within this idea of music. The main part of being filled with the spirit is to be dead to self. That means we're dead to our flesh. So therefore, if it's going to be spiritual music and that we're supposed to be dead to self and dead to the flesh, then that also gives us an idea that our music should follow the same sort. To be dead to self is to be dead to our ambitions, our goals, our desires, our and have a willingness to have them replaced with Christ's will and Christ's desire in our life. We die to ourself and allow Christ to replace those things within our life. Now, if we're dead to self, that also means we should be dead to the flesh. Therefore, if our music is going to be spiritual, it also will not 
feed or edify the flesh. Now that makes sense. What we're talking about is spiritual music. And if spiritual music is truly going to be spirit filled. It is not going to feed the flesh. Instead, it is going to feed the Spirit. Now, this is a distinction, as we've already talked about before, about worship and whatnot, that a lot of people have a misunderstanding on music, and there's a lot of music that is labeled Christian that ends up feeding the flesh. And we have to be careful of that. As we had saw this morning in the book of Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3, for we are of the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That we have to understand that the music we use should not be fleshly because we have no confidence in the flesh. You are either trusting in the spirit or you're trusting in the flesh. Therefore, the music that we have, again, I'm just building a foundation. We're trying to understand this idea of spiritual music that it is not going to edify or feed the flesh because we have no confidence in the flesh that we must worship God in spirit. Now, when people are filled with the Spirit, their lives will be characterized by the right kind of living, and as we saw in the passage in Ephesians, the right kind of singing. That's part of being filled with the Spirit. We could say then that they will be spiritual singers singing spiritual songs. Does that make sense? Spirit-filled singers will be singing spiritual songs, having no confidence in the flesh. So let's define a little bit more about what we're talking about. The Bible refers quite a bit to something called a new song. In the word of God, the thing most associated with the new life is a new song. I want everyone to take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 96. Psalm 96. I understand we currently have it as a slide. However, we're going to turn from the slide and make some observations. So I want you to have it in your hand so you could see these things for yourself as we move on from this verse. I want you to have your Bible to look at it. So Psalm 96. Psalm 96. And notice with me in Psalm 96, and notice with me verses um, 1, 2, and 3. Psalm 96, verses 1, 2, and 3. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. Now, I want you to stay looking at this passage and let's ask some questions so we can kind of discern a little bit more about this new song and its interactions. Notice, if you don't mind, let's ask the question first of all, what? What are we talking about? We're talking about a new song. Sing unto the Lord a new song. That is the object that's the main thrust of these three verses, a new song. Notice this, to whom? To whom is this new song addressed? Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. So what are we talking about? A new song. To whom is this new song to be sung to? To the Lord. Notice if you don't mind. <laughs> we see also another question. When? When should we sing this song? Well, we understand from day to day. Notice with me, if you don't mind, verse 2. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation 
from day to day. So we understand, what are we talking about? A new song. To whom are we singing it? To the Lord. When are we supposed to sing it? From day to day. What else? About what? What are we supposed to, we're supposed to sing to God, but what are we singing about? Well, notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number two, sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all the people. So notice, we start off, what are we singing? A new song. To whom are we singing? To God. When are we supposed to sing it? From day to day. What is our song supposed to be about? His salvation, his marvelous works, and his glory. Well, notice, let's get one more question in. Where? Where are we supposed to sing these songs? Well, that's a good question. We're just asking basic questions. Well, what does the Bible say? Declare his glory among the heathen. So we see among all nations and all a people. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. So how can we summarize this? Our new songs are to be directed to God. They should speak of his acts and attributes. They should be sung every day, anywhere and everywhere, in the hearing of all people, whether they're Christian or non-Christians. This is the idea of the new song that God has given to us. He's given us something to sing about. And we should sing it anywhere and everywhere to everyone. Bragging about our God through the song that we have. The song that he has given to us. Now with this, we're going to transition to something called canicles. Now that's a cool name. Most of you may have not heard the idea of canicles. But canicles is a type of song. However, unlike a hymn or uh, a psalm, it has no meter or rhyme. We understand that we sing hymns here and they have this, uh, the song and they kind of repeat and they use the same notes over and over. That's a hymn. A canicle is a song that doesn't have a rhyme or meter. It doesn't match a current flow of music. It doesn't have a certain, uh, um, a certain pattern to follow. But they are songs that we find in the Bible that people sing that doesn't match a meter. Now, you would be surprised in the Bible that, you know, because we read this and when you read it, oftentimes you just see black and white or red if you have a red letter Bible in certain places. And you would notice that when you start reading it, music doesn't come out. In fact, when you start reading it, you'll notice that emotion doesn't come out. It's black and white. And so because of that, sometimes when we read, we miss that there actually have songs that are in the midst of what we're reading. They, not all of them declare they sang a song, but some of the songs are naturally woven into it. These are what are called canicles. Canicles. And so if you don't mind, one of the things that we could understand, if we're going to understand the idea of a spiritual song, we want to understand this new song, then what we could do is go through the Bible and see these canicles and see these places where people sang to God a new song declaring his glo uh, God's glory to all peoples. If you don't mind, this makes an interesting study and helps us to understand more about what the idea of a spiritual song is. 
Now, as one studies the Bible, it becomes apparent that singing hymns of praise was the response of many saints to God's deliverance and other blessings. Canticles typically rehearse the attributes of God and His mighty acts on behalf of the people. They give glory to God and manifest a spirit of joy and thankfulness for His work and for His deliverance. For example, in Exodus 15 is a canticle. Moses and Miriam and all of Israel sang after the nation of Israel was delivered from the hand of Pharaoh at the Red Sea. Exodus chapter 14, the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea overnight. Remember, two and a half million people are crossing overnight. In order to get through, the Red Sea had to be parted between two to three miles wide. That's pretty amazing. And they all went across. And then as they went across, Pharaoh's army started to cross. And God closed the Red Sea and delivered them from Pharaoh. Pharaoh's army was no longer ever going to be a threat to these people again. And immediately after this, Exodus 14, the Red Sea is parted. Exodus 15, they as a people begin to sing a song to God thanking him for his power and his might and people all around heard about the song that they sang that's a canticle that's a recording of a song in the scripture that may not fit a specific rhyme or meter but it is a song of praise in response to what God has done for his people let's see another one in Judges 5, we have Deborah and Barak sing when God gave victory to the Israelites over the Canaanites. So this is in the period of Judges. God used uh, Deborah, her leadership, and Barak as the military commander. And remember that he doubted so much that they used a girl by the name of Jael who put the tent spike into Sisera's head. And after they delivered, and God had delivered his people from the enemy, they took a whole chapter and they sang a song to God. They were singing in response to what God had done to them. And it may not fit a rhyme and a read meter. It may not fit in the notes in the hymn book. But they were singing songs of praise to God. As a spiritual people responding to a spiritual God. Well there's more. There's all kinds of them in the Bible. I'm just going to give you a couple. David sang as the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from Saul in 2 Samuel chapter 22. It again lists a song that David sang. And he's singing praises to God that God has delivered me. God has protected me. God has watched over me. And I'm letting everyone know what God has done for me. Singing was a proper response to God's deliverance to his people. Well, as we switch to the New Testament... So much of the New Testament has songs in it that we never even notice. In um, Luke chapter 1, we have a song called The Magnificent. And Mary sang upon seeing Elizabeth, who understood God's promise of a Redeemer was going to be realized through Mary. God had already done a work in Elizabeth's life and prepared her. And now she's expected with John the Baptist. And John, the inside of the womb, the first person to recognize Jesus was a babe inside of the womb. And, and Elizabeth uh, praised God, said, God's going to do something with you. And as a response to God confirming the promise through Elizabeth, Mary sang. Now again, we think that music should just belong in musicals or in a certain place. But Mary thought it was proper 
finding out what God had done and that God was doing a miracle, her response to God was singing. Singing a song. But it's not over. There's tons of stuff in the New Testament. But let's just check out the same chapter in Luke. Not like. And we could see that Zechariah. So Mary goes back and <laughs> Elizabeth's time to give birth. She gives birth. Now Zechariah has not spoken a word in nine months. And so Zechariah sang following the return of his speech as he was filled with the Holy Spirit and verified his son's name John. By the way, John was going to be the one who would prepare the way for the Savior. So here's Zechariah. He hasn't spoken in nine months. When they go up to him, what shall his name be? And he said, it's going to be John. He speaks. And as soon as he is done, he sings a song. His proper response to God doing a miracle. By the way, it was a miracle because they were 80 years old. That'd be a big miracle. Can you imagine having a child at 80? It would be a miracle. And she was able to deliver. And God gave her the strength. And here's Zechariah who's singing a song in response to God's miracle. It was a proper response. As we go on, Luke chapter 2. Simeon had a similar response a chapter later. When he held Jesus, the Messiah, in his arms. And having entered into the temple by the Spirit. Remember the Holy Spirit told uh, Simeon. Hey, you're going to go see the Lord's Christ. You're not going to die to the Lord's Christ. Come to the temple. He sees this eight-year-old child. By the way, Mary and Joseph are going there just to go ahead and do their... Um, sacrifices they were hoping to sneak in and sneak out but this old crazy guy intercepts him picks up the child it's him it's him and in front of everyone he sings a song singing a song was his proper response to seeing God's miracle this is what we're talking about a spiritual song it is a proper response to seeing what God has done is through a song. By the way, these three passages together are often called the Lucian Psalms, or in Latin, Catanic Majora. These are the three New Testament canticles mentioned above. They're put together, and they're listed as actually called Lucian Psalms. By the way, all throughout the New Testament, you'll find little psalms, little songs all over that you didn't even realize. You're just reading through, okay, this is scripture. But these were actually songs all woven in and out. Now, this is evidence that the continued writing, singing of inspired Christian psalms written in the literary genre of Hebrew Thanksgiving psalms. So in the Old Testament, we had psalms that were actually dedicated to Thanksgiving. Well, in the New Testament, we could see this is still continued when people sing as a proper response to God performing a miracle or doing something amazing. Their proper response was singing. This is a spiritual song. These biblical songs were the response of spirit-filled people to God's salvation. In Romans chapter 11, verse number, starting at verse number 33... We now have another song that is recorded by the Apostle Paul. Now the book of Romans is a great doctrinal treatise. A great doctrinal book. And in the midst of it to capstone, to emphasize what he um, was sing, uh, writing about. Paul switches to a song in the middle 
of his writing. Romans chapter 11, 33. This is a familiar passage, but let me tell you, this is a song. All the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. This is a song. This closes out one of the great doctrinal chapters of the book and acts as the climax of the Apostle Paul's testimony to all that he has written so far. This doxology, which quotes both Isaiah and Job, concludes that all things come from and through God himself and lead rightly to the worship of God by his redeemed creation. And so once again, singing was the proper response of the Apostle Paul by speaking and teaching about God's salvation. That this is the idea of a spiritual song. That when you meditate and you realize and wonder what God has done for you, the proper response should be a spiritual song. A song that comes from God. All things are to bring God glory and to bring it to Him alone. Remember, we have no confidence in the flesh. So, let's actually cover another canticle found in the book of Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5. Did you know that in the book of Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5, there are songs in both of these chapters? Would you mind turning there? In fact, we're going to take time to read some of this in just a moment. And I don't have slides for it on purpose because we want to look at the scriptures ourselves. But let me describe some of the things and teach you before we get to this. There are five doxological hymns found in Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5 that were sung by many angels, four living creatures, 24 elders, and all creation. These songs are continuous Inside of this passage. Now the first two songs. Praise God the Father. The next two songs. Praise Christ the Lamb. Then the last song. Praise both the Father. And the Son. So there are five songs. Found in this chapters 4 and 5. The first two praise God. The second two praise the Lamb. The last one praises both of them. Now, God is worshipped in this passage for His holiness, for His everlasting existence, and for His creation. Christ is praised for His worthiness to open the seals and for His saving acts of redemption. A crescendo of praise is evidence in these hymns as well. What that means is that you could see them ramping up, building up, building up, building up. And you find that in Revelation chapter 4 and chapter number 5. It's full of emotion. It's full of praise. And you could feel it building and building and building. And this is part of what we're seeing here. All of creation having a proper response to God through music. 
as the creation sees God's salvation, their response, rightly so, is singing a spiritual song. Now, the first of these are offered by four living creatures. So the first song is offered by four living creatures. The second and third songs are by the four living creatures, 24 elders, and a myriad of angels. The fifth, by every creature in heaven and earth and under the earth and the sea. So everyone's praising in that last song. Now, our understanding of heaven's eternal worship as expressed in Revelation also informs of us of our understanding of what worship should be following the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For it to be eternal, by the way, eternal worship, it is necessary that it accompanies the past, it accompanies the present, and then it accompanies the future. So with that, look with me in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, and let's see these passages together. And I want you to pick up on the songs, and I want you to pick up on the crescendo, and I want you to pick up on this idea that spiritual be, uh, uh, songs are sung by beings, by creatures, by people, in response to God's power, majesty, and salvation. Notice with me Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of burning or fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And the midst of the throne, round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as like a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts, each of them had six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. And cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy 
O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because there was no man found worthy to, to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came. And took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, every, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saint. And they sang, or they sung, a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and every tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and the thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the sea and such are as in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. What we see here in these examples that we gave, the idea of a spiritual song 
is a new song. New in type, not in time. A new song that comes as a response to seeing God's power and God's deliverance. Sung by his people as a natural response to who God is. The idea of a spiritual song is a testimonial song, yes. But is a testimonial song of what God has done. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.